When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 57. I am one of the hosts of the show, Eugene. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. Also, our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. Of course, I got my fellow Cowboys fan and host with me, Ike. How are you feeling today? I know, I know we were bummed out about that that Cowboys game, but how are you doing? Who, who's who's bummed out? I feel, I feel fine. I feel fine. I'm, I feel I feel great. I feel amazing. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing the Cowboys lost, but um, you know, at the end of the day, we uh, we 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 saw them, you know, win twelve games last year, lead the NFL in in, in takeaways, and have a good season off- offensively. And we just needed to see them perform in the playoffs. And you know, for a little bit, they had us going. You know, they they beat the hell, they beat the brakes off the Bucks. And then, you know, everybody everybody kept asking me, so what do you think is going to happen in the game today? And my response was, we'll see. It was, we'll see. And that's kind of what the Cowboys have reduced this to, at least me. Because, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to do this. Because that's unrealistic, right? That's unrealistic. That is not the way... That's not that's not the way that I am now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it ha- it hasn't been that way for years. So I I just you know needed to see them be be successful in the playoffs, and until that happens, it it, it is what it is. That's that's the you know the best way best way that I can really put it, honestly. Yeah, I, it's funny. One of my one of my friends that hit me up the other day, right before that game started, he's like, "Hey, what you how you feeling about this game?" I was like, "You know, um, it should be a competitive game." And what I said exactly was that. If we can win the line of scrimmage offensively and defense holds their own in terms of, you know, getting pressure when they need to versus Purdy, I think it'll be a good chance. And sure enough, Cowboys, they did the offensive and defensive line did their thing. They they held their own. Um, it was really on Dak and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but he fucked up. So this is as easy as you could put it. He fucked up. Like everybody, everybody else held their held their end of the bargain. So for him, so yeah, I mean, we we can get into it now. We can get to the game. Uh, you know, obviously they the the ending wasn't ideal. Dak did not play his best game. He was he was really bad. And you know the interceptions that he threw were you know you know the first one was you know uh, you can probably I don't know if 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 the you can't really. You know, place a percentage on who's to blame for the interception. You know, it the ball left Dak's hands, a pass he probably shouldn't have thrown, 
to a receiver that wasn't even open. And, you know, we can talk about Michael Gallup running a bad route and letting a defender hit him, you know, or a defender meet him or beat him to the ball again, like he's done in you know previous occasions this year. Um, and it's, it's kind of sad to kind of watch Michael Gallup play this year because he's been invisible for much of the season. But and then, you know, the second interception that was second and two from the 18. We were going in to score and, mm-hmm. you know, Dak throws it right to Jimmy Ward and Jimmy, if Jimmy Ward was going to get it. Then Fred Warner got Fred it. Warner. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you know, those were two bad interceptions and that actually turned, you know, that actually turned the game. It was the Pollard injury, like a play or two before. Yep. And then immediately after that, Dak throws the interception. Um, so he, he, you know, he had opportunities to, you know, to, to take a stranglehold of this game and he failed. You know, there's nothing, there's really nothing else to, 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 to add to that. I mean, I, obviously, you know, we, after Tony Pollard went out, there was no other threat on the outside um, to threaten the 49ers defense. You know, Michael, mm-hmm. we talked about Michael Gallup and not, not, you know, not being who he, who he once was before. You know, T.Y. Hilton had just gotten to the team, you know, several weeks ago, and he's not really that involved in the offense. You know, Dalton shoots underneath, but he's not going to, you know, threaten anybody up the scene, like, you know, deep, you know, deep seam routes or anything like that. But it was just C.D. It was a C.D. Lamb show, and C.D. Lamb is, you know, if there's one positive takeaway from the season is that C.D. Lamb proved that he's a number one, that he is a bona fide number one receiver, and we need we needed another guy um, opposite of him to threaten the 49ers defense. And, you know, since we didn't have that guy, Dak struggled. And, you know, Dak's not that not the quarterback. He's not a quarterback that, you know, can be the sole reason why you win a Super Bowl, right? He's not the he's he can't do it himself. But I, I feel like if you do, you know, add some more weapons and more you know, more help around him, he may be able to get over the hump. But as of right now, like Dak's not the guy that can get over the hump right now as as the team is currently constructed. You know, that's, yeah. that's an indictment on him. There's a diamond on the front office for not, you know, doing everything it takes like other front offices do to win games and to win championships. Like, <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Like the Eagles and the 49ers, they were probably the two most aggressive teams this offseason and in, and in the regular season. And guess what? They're playing for the NFC championship. I mean, that's not a coincidence, right? It's not a coincidence. And so, um, but hey, um, you know, the Cowboys fall short again. In the playoffs, this is Dak and Tony Romo have the same playoff <laughs> record, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, you know, so I guess it just kind of goes back to just, you know, the team, how, you know, the organization, how they do business, how they how they go about, you know, free agents, offseason, things of that nature. It's it's not a Dak. It's not a Dak. It's not really a Dak problem. It's not really a Tony Romo problem. It's just the team. One way or another, always falls short in the divisional round. You know, twenty-eight years in, in counting, without reaching an NFC Championship game. So, <laughs> um, but you know, Dak needs to be better. He definitely needs to be better. He did not his last two his last two uh, playoff games to end um, each of the last two postseasons versus the Forty ers have not been good. And so. Nope. He has not he has not shown up when we when we needed him the most. And we've seen him play good games in the past. It's just these last two playoff games against the 49ers have not have left a lot to be desired. He's left a lot on the field. So that's another that's another story to, to, to kind of look at in the offseason. 
to see what the front office does to because you know you have you have at least two more years of Dak Prescott at, okay. at least two more years um, before we can start doing some doing something with this contract. Um, the best thing to do is to you know start, it's not replace you can't replace them realistically you can't replace them there's no there's no number one there's financially it makes no sense can't bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's more expensive and older right that makes no sense and so um, the best thing you can do is go all in on offense right you just have to you know draft the receiver go you know whoever's available in free agency get them and leave leave no excuses no excuses like this is you need to surround him with as much talent as possible and if he doesn't get it done then then hey we can have another conversation but yeah i mean i mean we you've seen people on twitter or in these cowboys centric groups or just any fantasy group that we're in and the first thing people say is like oh we just need to get a new quarterback when you place Dak. okay with who no crickets like when you're tied to somebody that has like a 70, 80 million dollar cap hit, you're he's not going nowhere. Like just get it out your head now. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere next year. And he's probably not going anywhere the year after that. So front office definitely needs to figure out a way to get him another weapon outside. And he needs to get in the lab and try to figure out why he why he's throwing stupid ass picks. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about those interceptions is that like his his interception rate this year was three point nine or three point seven or something along those lines. It, that brought his career average up to two two percent. So he was below two percent for you know for his career. So he was pretty good at taking care yeah. of the ball. This year was just an anomaly, and you know there was you know you, you can you can name you know different different situations where he threw picks. You can assign blame here, assign blame there. But the bottom line is the ball left his hands, and the ball was caught by another defender <laughs> by, <laughs> by 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 a player that's not that's not a cowboy so yeah um he, he's definitely got to clean that shit up and you know let's let's hope it was an anomaly this year right because it's much higher than his career average yeah just focusing on fantasy wise cd lamb how high are we looking at him now in terms of you know wide receiver rankings going into next year now seeing everything how he performed this whole uh, year in totality. Are we looking at him now as like a bona fide top top five dynasty and redraft wide receiver now? I think he was already going in the top five and redraft this fall. Because I mean, but pe- people were debating like, oh, well, you know, you got you know AJ or you know you got Tyreek or you got Stephon. But I think now uh, I know dynasty wise, he should definitely be in front of in front of those guys just because of you know production and age even though we did see Tyree you know lead the league in in, in yards his best output for the season with Tua but still you know he's going Jefferson, on 20 uh, Jefferson oh yeah, Jefferson yeah yeah you're right and then Tyree came second but you no know, his his best year ever but he's going on 29 you know dynasty is a game game of who's young the youth movement yeah the youth movement man so uh i think definitely he should be in that conversation of top three, top four wide receiver dynasty-wise. And then even redraft, I think, again, he should still be in that conversation just because you saw when we – something that we've always – a lot of people preach is that, hey, put him in the slot. He's more successful in that position. And as you saw when he's played there, I think almost 70% of the season, you get this output. So hopefully yeah. Gallup, Gallup gets another year under his belt in terms of you know getting healthy with the knee and you go draft somebody. I know I've seen drafts with – 
J, uh, JSN somehow falls the low 20s, like, yeah, bring that on, man. If he can bring win outside. Bring yeah, another so. talented guy. Bring another dog in, in here. You know, that, yeah. that, that, would, that would work. But, yeah, no, C.D. Lamb is definitely a top, a top five dynasty and redraft wide receiver. You know, like, as I mentioned earlier, he was already going in the top five, especially in redraft leagues. And a lot of these best ball teams that we drafted uh, this summer, he was going as, you know, the wide receiver five, six, tail end of the first round, early second round. And the, you know, the rationale was pretty simple. All the volume. Just who else did, who else did, did, did Dak have to throw to? He had Dalton Schultz, but a, n- a number two wide receiver did not exist because, you know, Michael Gallup was going to be out the first couple of games. All we had was Jalen Tolbert and he was not even getting on the field. I don't even know what I don't even know what the hell happened to him this year. He I sucked. have no idea. He, he sucks. That's what yeah. happened. So that that's looking like a you know that's looking like a wasted pick there. So they're gonna have to revamp this re- receiving core and and I I'll, I'm always gonna say it that Amari Cooper trade is still looking like dog shit, right. and they did nothing of substance to replace him. Nothing. So he would have been perfect for this game, but yeah. Would have been perfect. Nineteen would have been uh, would have been a very you know a very good at least for at the very least a, a very good outlet. But uh, if ifs and buts, candy and nuts, we would all be whatever. <laughs> however that saying goes. <laughs> however that saying goes. <laughs> all right, on the 49ers side, uh, you know you got Brock Purdy, a quarterback that a lot of people in fantasy are now just you know we put him to the like he's going to be the starter next year. That's just ha- the feeling that. People are hearing uh, within the team area, you know, the rumblings and just, you know, production wise, you're seeing somebody that's led this team on 11 game winning streak. He held his own versus the Cowboys. I mean, he didn't look that flustered, even though that we were in the backfield a lot. He held his own. He did what he needed to do um, as a game manager. Um, he does it very well. He's a lot more mobile than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, I, I believe people, I, I mean, I believe that. I wanted to see it, and he—I mean—he proved it to me. Like, hey, I know he can hold his own, and I mean, you sure heard Shanahan. He came out before the game, and he was—they uh, were asking him questions about Purdy, and he was like, "He's the most most prepared player he's ever ever coached, not quarterback, but player. Period. As a Mister Irrelevant, he's the most prepared player he's ever coached. So that goes without even saying that I don't think they really cared that much of Trey Lance. I—I I know I've always. Not always stop, but it just seems more and more evident that he Trey Lance wasn't the pick that he wanted. He he wanted to draft probably Mac Jones, somebody that because think about look look at Purdy and look at Mac Jones in terms of you know their poise and how they how they deliver the ball efficiently. And I mean Mac Jones last year, not this year, but how they how at, at their young age they've been able to you know command the offense and and do what needs to be done to to keep the uh, keep the ball moving and scoring. So. I mean, I think this is his Mac Jones. I don't think he's – I think Trey Lance is pretty much cooked, honestly. So, Yeah, and it also helps that you have a freak tight end like George Kittle, yep. uh, a route technician like Brandon Ayuk, and a yak monster in Debo Samuel, and yep. I don't know, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. I mean, that yep. those things matter. <laughs> yep. It does matter what, he, what he's surrounded with. But to your point, I mean, that offense is, was much – they were scoring more points and they were much more efficient. Um, moving the ball this year, so that that's you know that's one thing that I can you know definitely give him props on. But yeah, you know you know Brock Purdy wasn't extraordinarily good in this game, and he just he he managed the game. I mean that's what yeah. he did. He managed the game and didn't turn the ball over. 
Nope. That's that's the most important thing there. Didn't turn the ball over. There were opportunities the Cowboys could have gotten turnovers with tip passes, but hey, that that that's that's the that's the difference between wins and losses. You know, the some of the bounces go your way, some of the bounces uh, you know, you're you 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 luck out as some of those don't go don't go against you. And so, yep. yeah, it was a it was just a solid, you know, game managing clinic that that Brock Purdy put on but you know well he's his big he's going to have an, a a bigger test against the Eagles next week in the NFC Championship game that pass rush they I think they set an NFL record for for sacks in the season or yep. something like that they have four guys that had over 10 sacks, 10 sacks. Which, yep. which was the most ever yeah that that's insane that's insane <laughs> <laughs> so they just get they just get after the quarterback and they are just relentless so we're going to see if you know how how Brock Purdy plays in this game and he may be forced to air the ball out a little bit more and, and do and do a lot more because I don't think that Eagles defense is 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 uh is, is gonna let up. At least at least uh they're, they're gonna go after him. They're gonna they're gonna come after him. We're gonna see um Brock Purdy uh see if he can perform. Eagles versus Giants. Uh you know this was the third rendition for for this matchup and it was a preseason game. Yeah it was a preseason game just Look like walkthrough, man. Just the yeah. Eagles just did whatever. Like yeah. they were just so so efficient. Just didn't, you know, Hurts didn't have to extend himself really. I mean, AJ Brown didn't even have to do anything. Dallas Goddard did a little bit. It's just, <laughs> it just <laughs> I'm not even sure what else to. There's nothing really to talk about on the Eagles side. Like they just didn't. It just, I mean, every Me. every running back in the backfield scored a touchdown except for for Miles, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah. Little, little 2021 vibes, right? Yeah, I know. Score a touchdown. But yeah, they rushed yeah. for 268 yards. And, you know, it's like, come on. <laughs> Boston Scott, death taxes on a Boston Scott touchdown against the Giants. I mean, come on. Right. We, we see that. And then Kenny Gainwell got in the end zone. Hurts got in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, it, it, was, it was just a, it was a laugher. It was a laugher. The Giants weren't even, they weren't even, they didn't even come close to competing. There was no point in the game where we thought, oh, you remember the Giants might mount comeback. No. It's 28 nothing at halftime. And we yeah. there there was there was really nothing to suggest that the Giants were gonna compete. And you know, Daniel Jones turned back into a pumpkin. And, you know, you know, Daniel Jones's performance against the you know the Vikings was great, but you know, they're they're not they're not gonna play the Vikings every week in the playoffs. And you play a real defense, this is the result you're gonna get. And when you don't have any skill guys worth a damn. I know Isaiah Hodgins looked pretty good for the for a couple of weeks there, um, you know, the down the stretch of the season, but you know, Dar- Darius Slay, Bradbury, that secondary, that you know, they 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 weren't playing that shit. They weren't playing that shit. So it was an easy game for the Eagles. Obviously, they're going to be tested a lot more with you know better weapons and a better overall team uh, in the 49ers. I'm not, I'm actually looking forward to seeing this game. I just want to see like who you know how how these teams match up with each other. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really like interested to see like how how these teams match up and you know who's gonna. I know the the Eagles wide receivers they may have a pretty good matchup, um, you know for the first of the 49ers corners because we know they're they're just 20th against the pass, and the 49ers are first against the run. So uh, yeah, it's it, it it'll be it'll be it'll it'll be an interesting you know time to see if Jalen hurts. Can torch the can, can torch that secondary, and I think AJ Brown and Devontae Smith have have an advantage here. Yeah, I think it's really going to be 
who which quarterback can be uncomfortable and when they're uncomfortable, who's going to be able to make the play really is, I, I think is, is more on Purdy than it is Jalen because of, you know, the threat of the, you know, him running really helps Jalen, but it will be a test of how, how Purdy can, can perform against this defense when being uncomfortable. Cause he's going to be in moments where he's going to be uncomfortable. I mean, if you thought the Cowboys pass rush was good, just, just wait until you play Philly. So yeah. At and, home. Yeah. And we saw, um, and we saw him be uncomfortable for the yeah. first time. I think all season long, he was uncomfortable for the first yeah. time. And you saw what happened. You know, they only scored 19 points and they had to, they needed DAC, two DAC interceptions to, to score six points, six more. So they would have had like 13 points. If you told me that the, you know, the Cowboys would have held the, the 49ers at 19 points, you would think the Cowboys would have won. But, oh. um, and so, if no if no turnovers, we'd probably be talking about the Eagles versus Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. But we're not. Nope. And we can move on. <laughs> yep. All right, real quick for the Giants. Um, Barkley and Jones, we know they're both out of contract, unrestricted free agents. You think that um, if they both come back to the Giants in terms of you know, fantasy for next season, will this lead you to – you know, sway you from thinking Barkley would be what probably the first or second running back coming off the board if we're if we're drafting right now. Would that him coming back would that sway you from from that, or you just trust the the talent that much? And then also for Daniel Jones, is this somebody that you can actually draft now that you've seen him? You know, he was pretty much a top twelve quarterback this year. He was didn't turn the ball over much at all. You know, Dabo did his magic, man. He he was very efficient with the ball. I'll just say that. I mean, he only had 15 touchdowns in 16 games. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 he's probably going to go around the same range that he went last year, to be quite honest. Um, barely drafted, maybe at the tail end, maybe late round quarterback. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to prioritize him or anything like that. But, um, but in terms of Barkley, though, he'll probably be a top three back. He'll be at the top of these draft boards for sure. Playing, playing, you know, year two under under Brian Dable on that offense. So I think I think it's a pretty much a no brainer that he comes back and you know continues his continues his uh his his comeback trail because you know the last couple of years before this one he was you know was banged up, injured, and now he's you know had a bit of a redemption year. So I'd like to see what what uh, what's to come from Saquon. Yeah, I think sleeper drafts. He was going twelve. You, I mean, you could get him in the second round. Now you're probably, he's probably gonna be top three. So yeah, there were times in early in the summer where he was going in like the third round. Yeah, he was going in yeah. like the the late second, early third. I I know on a, one of my underdog teams, I got him in like pick twenty nine. Yeah, once and so right. uh, it's, it's crazy. But now yeah, like, the you can't do that. The discount. Nah. Yeah, it's over. The return on investment was was excellent, but yeah, now it's over. He's a he's a top three, top four pick. All right. Chiefs and Jags, um, you know, it was an interesting game. We saw Mahomes drive down – well, should basically Kelsey drive down the field and in the second drive saw Mahomes get hurt. We saw, you know, Chad Henney come in and, you know, he held his own. He drove, he he let a drive to the end zone. And then Mahomes comes back in the second half with, with the high ankle sprain. It's crazy. Um, you know, it was just Mahomes and Kelsey. That was really what it was in that game. They could not stop Kelsey at all. I know these last catches. Yeah, the last two playoff, the last two seasons of playoff games, Kelsey, the lowest output he's played in six games, the lowest output is 95 yards, 95, 96, 108, 
133, 118, and 109. He's not going going anywhere. In terms of fantasy, he's still going to be the first or second tight end taken. Um, First round pick. Yeah, no slowing down as long as he's attached to Mahomes there. So outside of that, I mean, the Chiefs didn't really have much. And you had you had uh, Kadarius Tony flash some moments when he got some touches, but outside of that, it wasn't really much going on on this Chiefs offense. I know Man. Pacheco; he had he looked good in the first half. Had a long run, a forty yard run. Yeah, yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, they didn't really have to. Do too much, too much. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Jags, the Jags offense. I mean, they they actually missed some opportunities. I think Christian Kirk dropped a touchdown or dropped a deep ball or yeah, he dropped a deep ball, dropped a deep ball, perfect ball, perfect, perfect ball. pass. Yeah. And Jamal Agnew fumbled at the five yard line. Yeah, coming in, I think to make it a game. Yep. But um, so there there were some opportunities for Jacksonville, but they they couldn't take advantage. So yeah, the, you know there there's. You know, the there's a there's a positive outlook for the Jags. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence's second season made the playoffs, won a playoff game, was somewhat com- you know somewhat competitive in in Arrowhead. You know, there was a couple of things they could have you know done better, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot to like about that Jacksonville uh, core, and they, and they're getting Calvin Ridley next year. Yeah, so, I mean, tr- Trevor Lawrence finished QB eight this past season. So, and we called it before the season. We told we told you when they saw when we saw Doug Peterson plus. Jim Bob Cooter, that things were going to get popping, and sure enough, after, you know, it took him a little a little time to get acclimated, but once once it got going, got going. You know, we talked about Calvin Ridley. They got they got Christian Kirk. They got Zay Jones. He's still under contract. Hopefully, they can figure out to bring back Evan Ingram, or, or he can go back. Chase, I don't know which one, but it looks like they're pretty they're set up next year in terms of offensively to you know to come back and and win that division again and make and make some real noise for sure. Yeah, because I, I mean, if you look across that division, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with you know Tennessee and their their quarterback situation. The Indianapolis Colts are they they haven't found a quarterback since Andrew Luck uh, retired, mm-hmm. and the Texans are the Texans. So who <laughs> exactly <laughs> that that team in Houston? I think they play professional football. I, yeah, but yeah, so the, the Jags they have a clear path to win the division again, like you said. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited in terms of. In terms of trying to dra- get a piece of this offense in, in fantasy next year, for sure, this is definitely one of the targets for me. In the last game, I think the most surprising game I think for everybody watching was the Bills and Bengals. How the Bills just pretty much didn't show up, man. Just no call, no show. Pissed down their leg. Wasn't ready for the moment. Just <laughs> everything, man. They just didn't. They didn't have it like at all. And it was clear, like the first drive where the Bengals just went down. Score right away, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then the Bills, they they kind of drive, and it's like, "Oh, oh." And then they go in three and out, and then three and out again, and the Bengals smash them again and go put some more points on the board, put ten zero. I'm just like, these guys are not ready to play. And no, it was fourteen nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was fourteen nothing. It was yeah. it was a chase in the touchdown and then uh, the Hayden Hurst touchdown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fourteen nothing before you can even blink out of blink. the first quarter. Yep. And it was a wrap. Uh, I know in the newsletter I said that they need to play off Gabe to show up. He did not. Just every time you looked up and he could make a play, he didn't make a play. He kept dropping the ball. Mm. Diggs tried, but they bracketed his ass a lot. Um, Josh Allen was just off target too. Yeah, he was, off he was just off. Yeah, the front four, the front four was getting to him. It was just getting to him. And they're bringing, they're also bringing safety blitzes too. And he yeah, was they were. Yeah, banged up. He was getting, he was getting 
you know, smash at, smashed at the at the end of the game. They were smashing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I mentioned in the in the newsletter that uh, the Bengals needed to make sure to keep Burr upright for them to, to have a good chance. And he was upright a lot of that game, even with the make, makeshift offensive line that was missing know, three starters, missing three starters. And they still kept him upright and he looked comfortable. So and then Mixon, he did his thing. He I think he ran over 100 yards. I didn't think that was going to happen. 105. The Bills and I mean they didn't use any of the running backs. It's just it was a zero basically. They didn't throw to him really. Didn't run the ball. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, this is the second straight divisional round that he's gone out. And this game particularly, he wasn't good. I mean, yeah. But just we 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 it kind of begs the question: Is that why you know why doesn't he get that smoke? You know, for for not playing well. I mean, he. He led the league in turnovers. Like he did, and nobody said a thing. Nobody, nobody said a peep. One of the more yeah. underreported stories is that the Bills, as a team, led the team, led led the NFL in giveaways, and Josh Allen led the NFL in giveaways in turnovers. Yeah. I mean, and, and people just shrugged and just turned their nose and turned their nose at it. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just think that was one of the more underreported stats and narratives that people just decided to ignore and sweep under the rug but hey that's neither here nor there i just wanted to point that out just wanted to point that out i think josh allen should be getting some smoke super talented dude back-to-back years of 35 plus touchdown passes but those turnovers that's one thing that regardless of if dable's there or not continues to do he continues to do so but that's just you know that's another conversation for another day yeah, um, fantasy wise, what do we want to see from this team? You know, they're still gonna have digs. We know Gabe Gabe Davis is really just a, a wide receiver three. They need another that, receiver. They need another yeah. wide receiver. That that I mean, they they would definitely benefit to have another wide receiver um, that can do it all. Like he can stretch the field. He can run routes. He can do whatever. He can you know in, inside and out, versatile guy. Um, you know, we don't need any of these, you know, these fake gadget guys like Isaiah McKenzie. Um, Khalil, Khalil Shakir is a pretty, pretty good, pretty good receiver, but uh, he's not being, he's not used that much. Um, John Brown is they they just signed him. He's he's old, but they need they, they and Col, yeah again they they signed these 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 <laughs> older vets because they 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 could definitely use a wide receiver. For sure, um, I yeah. think they need to prioritize wide receiver in the draft. I think that's one thing that we should keep an eye on this offseason. Yeah, um, the Bengals side. I mean, I, I pretty much talked about. It. There's really nothing much else to say. Uh, we saw Chase and Hurt and Hurst go to work. I thought this was going to be a T Higgins game. Um, yeah, but, me too. Disappointed. Disappointed. Yeah, but didn't need them uh, between Hurst and Chase. It was it was curtain. So. Uh, we get to see them play the Chiefs, we, so it should be an exciting game. I think the Chiefs, should, the Chiefs, I think the Bengals are going to win that game and go back to the Super Bowl. But this is my my opinion. But we'll wait to see when they play the games. That's what we play them for. So, um, anything in terms of conference championship previews in terms of the Bengals and Chiefs, what we're looking for? I know it'd be interesting about the the Mahomes injury because we know it's a high ankle sprain. Anybody else a high ankle sprain? They weren't playing, so and apparently he's going to be playing. I don't know how effective he's going to be. That's, versus that's the storyline there. That's the, yeah. the storyline. Like that's that's the one thing I want to see because we know what Joe Burrow usually does to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
he on the road. On the road, but in for his career, he's played against the Chiefs. He's averaging 327 yards passing. Um, you know, I think his prize picks prop is 265 and a half. And on underdog is 276 and a half. Smash the over on both, which is what I'm going to do. Um, and hell, two touchdowns, I'd probably take that as well. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's set at two touchdowns it's, uh, over under for touchdown passes. Yeah. But right now on prize picks, uh, they have a burrow over over half a yard right now. So definitely take advantage of that. I think they have that running until Sunday right before the game. So get yeah. that in. Don't waste any time and get that in now if you want to. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean that's I mean that's that's all I have. I mean I, I honestly want to just look at to see you know what 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 to make of the Mahomes injury. Um, if he's gonna be if he's gonna be healthy. He's gonna be. He's probably not. He's obviously not gonna be healthy. But just how effective will he be? Um, what What will Andy Reid do? You know how he will. How will he? How will this affect his play calling? Is he gonna yeah. lean more heavily on the run? Are we gonna see a lot more McKinnon? Are we gonna see a lot more Pacheco between the tackles? You know, swing passes, short. You know, quick game, slant screens. We'll see. We'll see, man. Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, I mean, if it's any indication, it's going to be a lot of short passing for the most part. Because, I mean, that's basically what they did in that second half is just kind of got the ball out of his hands quick, tried to mix in the run. The run didn't really work that much in the second half. And I know Cincinnati, they're pretty good on the stopping the run too. So it's going to be very, very interesting. And they like to rush four and, and cover with seven. So um, we'll see if they try to switch that up just a little bit. So. You know, and do you want to talk about your underdog? How your uh, your teams are going? Uh, how they're going right now? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I got a little some some. Uh, you know, I started some of these some of these gauntlet some of these gauntlet uh, gauntlet tourneys or best ball tournaments. So I got four teams that are remaining. So I have two that are in the gauntlet returns on underdog, and this team has. Jalen Hurts, Jarek McKinnon, Kenny Gainwell, Devontae Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Quez Watkins, and Justin Watson. So this scenario, I would prefer a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. And um, and not only that, but the guys that I just kind of read off, um, they... I would hope that they were at least integral parts of the game plan yep. <laughs> this weekend. Cause that, yeah. cause I mean, you can have all the players, but if they don't perform the way they need to perform, um, then you're not going to advance. And then that's it's all for not. So, yeah. uh, hopefully I can make it to the final in this one and, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, but you know, this team also had Trevor Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, uh, and then Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk had a pretty good game. And so, but, you know, I have a, a lot of my guys still alive and hopefully they can make it to the promised land. And then I have another team in the in the gauntlet. This was more Cowboys Chiefs friendly. I don't know how they I mean, they made it through. But, you know, obviously, Dak Prescott's not going to be getting points. Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, uh, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. They're not going to be getting points for me. Yeah, uh, they are, the only guys that I have left that are going to be accumulating points is Boston Scott, Travis Kelsey, and MBS. And so, uh, for some strange reason, they all combine for like seventy-five points or something. Because <laughs> at least, <laughs> so I think what I what I've what I've what I've learned with all these teams is that around 
75 to 80 points usually gets you first place and usually gets you through to the next round. Um, so, like, for instance, this team got 78.5 points. So, um, and that's with, you know, Dak underperforming, only having one running back have nine points. Uh, but Kelsey had th- almost 30, Lamb at 17, Jay, Zay Jones had 11. So, if you can get, like, a large distribution somewhere or a large point total somewhere from between <laughs> Scott, Kelsey, and MVS, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll make it to the final again, and then anything could happen then, right? Mm. But yeah, I don't have a quarterback or or another receiver, so we'll see what happens there. And then I have a couple of mitten teams. This is like the smaller five dollar entry. This is a, and this team has a Kansas City Philadelphia, um, Kansas City Philadelphia makeup. You know, Mahomes is the quarterback. And then I have McKinnon and Boston Scott as my running backs. Then I have Devontae Smith, Kadarius Tony, Dallas Goddard, and Sky Moore. So this will be a good, you know, Chiefs, Eagles, another Chiefs, Eagles pivot uh, if things, you know, play out the way that I want them to play out. And on this team, I also had Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne, and they all both had pretty good games. And that that's probably why I, I advanced um, in this one because of those two kind of pushed me pushed me over the top because McKinnon did nothing. Kadarius Tony didn't accumulate enough points to you know to to be counted. So and this team total got 78 points. So yeah. Uh enough and then yeah just enough to make it. Just barely enough to make it. And then I have one more mitten returns again. And this team is more Bengals than anything. So I have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. Uh, so I got those three going on to the next round and, you know, they had pretty good games, but on the run back, I got Brandon Ayuk and then I have Quez Watkins. And so, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, it, but in this scenario, the idea, you know, actually just backing up a little bit, ideally you want five players in the final. You want, you, once you advance, you want to have five, you know, five players that can accumulate points. But in, in either one of these scenarios, should you know the the Bengals, let's say the Bengals and Eagles go to the Super Bowl, right? I would only have four players, but it would be it'd be Burrow, Chase, and Mixon, uh, and then Quez Watkins, and then on the other side, I uh, if it was the 49ers, I'd have Burrow, Chase, Mixon, and Ayuk, which yep. you know which is a better right? It's a better you know four four players, but it's only four players. Yeah, but my only hope is that I accumulate enough points between you know maybe Burrow and Chase that you know the fifth player won't even matter. And so, um, but yeah, that's you know that's how my that's how my teams are looking. I drafted you know quite a few. This is this is what you have to do in order to at least get one. Yeah, get one or two um, in the final. But I have I have four that have that have a a possibility of making it to the final each of these uh, tournaments. So we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it turns out. And I know underdog, I know at this point you can't really get into, you know, semi uh the conference championship and then Super Bowl type tournaments, but they do run, they do have these five dollar, you know, conference championships for the AFC and NFC. And, you know, if you score the most out of the whole tournament, you win, I think like twenty five thousand dollars. So you still there's still a chance to get in those and, you know, draft the team uh and and try to win some money there. So Yeah. Yeah, they have conference they have uh, battle Royals, so they have a conference championship battle royal, uh, and then they have 
$5 entries specifically for for NFC and then specifically for the AFC. So uh but these but these ones that are specific co- conference specific they're full PPR cuz you know if the the key thing about underdog is normally they're half PPR but this is full PPR. Oh. Yeah, so the, these particular ones are full PPR. So that's that's another thing to kind of think about. So okay. well, and they're only $5 entries. And I think first place gets 5k um for these so yeah i mean these there's 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 still opportunities to you know to to, to get in to get in there and, and and get some and get some coin get some coin uh, before this before this uh wonderful football season ends <laughs> and on that note we are at the end of the show so please make sure tap into the all gas newsletter that drops every friday at, at 7 a.m you can find that at destination debbie on twitter and subscribe or you can follow you know follow me usually i drop a link probably around between seven and nine i'll drop a link for you to be able to get access to that newsletter you know the whole team's dropping a bunch of good stuff so you know just keep keep rocking with us we'll we'll have some things you know getting ready to trying to get you ready for the uh for for your your rookie drafts and getting ready for the next season so please tap into those things so and again you can follow us our official twitter handle off the line ff ike you got anything before we get out of here Nah, yeah, just like Gene said, just continue to tap into all the you know all the stuff that we're doing. We're dropping a lot of dope content, um, and then you know, good luck this weekend if you're entering in, into any one of these you know underdog tournaments. And oh, before we go, we got a couple of props for you. Um, we mentioned oh, yes. you know Joe Burrow over two hundred sixty-five and a half on Prize Picks, and obviously they have the over point five on on uh, first pass yards on Prize Picks right now. You can definitely go ahead and lock that in and add another uh, you know another prop um you know you know at your disposal and then 276 and a half passing yards on underdog as well um again like i mentioned earlier he's averaging 327 yards per game versus uh kansas city in his career so i think he i think he clears both of these uh totals and then uh i know gene had one uh george kittle over three and a half receptions as well i think i think he's gonna find a lot of george kittle uh, Brock Purdy is going to find a lot of George Kittle uh, this weekend in um, in Philadelphia. He's going to be forced to pass and check down to the outlet guy, especially if he's going to be under siege and, and, and Kittle will be there. So I, I think those those are two pretty good props. Yep. Yep. I do agree with that. On that note, we'll be talking to y'all next week. So y'all enjoy these conference championships. And, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll get ready for the Super Bowl. But in between that, we got the Super Bowl, the Senior Bowl coming up, I believe, next week. So. We're, get, we're getting ready for, you know, the off season and, and getting ready for rookie draft. So until then, we will holler at y'all. Peace out. Peace out.